0: You're listening to Tiny Home Tours, a podcast that celebrates all things tiny living. We're your hosts, Allison, Chris, and Lauren. Join us as we sit down with nomads and tiny home dwellers to discover why they went tiny, the lessons they've learned, and inspire you to take the lead. This episode is brought to you by the Tiny Home Tours newsletter. Would you enjoy a weekly newsletter that shares all things tiny? Every Friday, we share sneak peeks of full upcoming tour videos, blog posts, and new podcast episodes. Join with the link below or by visiting tinyhometours.com.
1: I'm Aaron Fensterheim from Off-Grid Adventure Vans. I'm the owner. Um, We've been around for about three, four years now, Um, and we're out here in Frederick, Maryland.
0: Thanks for joining me, Erin. Um, for our listeners, I will be up front and say that you are my van builder. So um, not only are you a van that builder, but I think you're the best van builder. Correct. Because you built my amazing home that I've just been so pleased with uh, the whole time I've had it. So thanks for sitting down and chatting Perfect. with me. So my first question, which is one that... I think all van owners get all the time, is uh, Transit, Sprinter, Promaster. Um, what do you guys like to build on and why did you choose that?
1: So uh, there's what we like to build on and then there's the question of, you know, how are you picking which van you want? What we like to build on simply is the Promaster. Um, we've found it's the most efficient to build on. It's the most efficient uh, price point for the van itself. Um, It's just, it's made to be built on. Um, That's not to say you can't build on the other ones, but when considering which van is right for you, I think the first thing to really consider is your height. Um, You know, the Sprinter and the Transit are both taller than the Promaster, but if a priority to you is, you know, let's say storage space, you're probably better off with the Promaster. Um, it's the widest fan by a long shot, um, so it really just is going to depend on your priorities.
0: I did not know the others were taller, but that just shows because I'm only five two i never I have never exactly. mentioned to anyone that it's taller. I've always just said the promaster is way more square, but it makes sense. so that it's wider and shorter.:
1: Yeah, you can probably sleep sideways in the promaster, can't you?
0: Yes. I mean, I can sleep sideways, to be so, clear, in any van at
1: 5'2". That is probably people, too true.
0: <laughs> yeah. Taller people can also sleep sideways from um, the ProMaster.
1: But in the other vans, in the Sprinter and the Transit, it's much harder to sleep sideways without uh, looking at doing actual flares, which, you know, limit your design, which are, you know, very specifically placed and obviously pretty expensive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Have y'all done any flares at all, or have you just been mostly building out in the ProMaster, so you've not had to do that?
1: Nope, we've absolutely done flares. I've got a a van in the shop. Um, It's actually one of our vans, a Sprinter, with flares in it right now. Um, And uh, I think they're great, but you just got to be prepared to put up the money for them.
0: So typically, when people are coming to you to have a van built, how long does that take?
1: So there's two parts of that question. I'd say there's the wait, which is kind of the worst part. Um, Right now we're about a year out for custom builds and a little less than a year out for uh, standard builds. Um, Once we've started, it's usually about seven weeks um, to get the van done start to finish.
0: That's very fast. I feel like y'all have gotten um, a little bit, you were, you were fast when you built mine, but that's very fast now.
1: I think we've taken off a month since we built your van. Like, you know, we're a month quicker than when we built your van a few years
0: ago. That's incredible. And is that from um, having a bigger workshop and bringing um, a lot of those components in-house?
1: Yeah, so, you know, in the last few years, some of the things that we've done are, we've created our own cabinet shop. Um, we've kind of in-house everything that we can Um, we get our electrical components in, we have an electrical team that pre-assembles everything. Um, you know, there's just been a lot of little things we've done to speed things up.
0: Very, very cool. Um, you mentioned having standard builds and custom builds for the standard builds. How did you plan those layouts?
1: So the layouts, there's one layout, which is our most popular layout, the Rambler, um, which is pretty much what you have. In the past, we've sold 90% of our stock has been Ramblers. Um, And the other standards basically uh, are different bed configurations of the Rambler. So we've found something that worked from the very beginning. We've stuck with it. And the thing that people want changed, we've found, is their bed configuration. So we've just come up with different options for bed configurations.
0: For those listening who don't know what the layout is, the Rambler is a convertible model, and I assume the others are um, platform beds in both directions and that sort of thing?
1: Yep. You have your changing of directions, changing of beds. We've now got um, a slide-out bed. Um, We've got a few different, there's a lot of different ways to do beds. Um, And it really is one of the most important things to consider when doing your build. It's one of the first things you should consider, I would say.
0: Yeah, it's a huge part of your your van. Yeah.
1: I mean, you're looking at a hundred and, you know, in a regular Promaster, 130 inches of buildable space. Uh, 74 inches of that is bed. You know, a huge portion of that is bed.
0: Y'all's Murphy bed design. Um, I constantly have people remarking on the road, this is so ingenious. Why aren't people, why aren't more people doing this? It really... Um, for being, it, it's such a huge portion of the van and having the ability to flip that up and get it out of the way and then use all of that as livable space is just yeah. incredibly valuable. When people want to do custom builds, what does that process look like when they um, sit down with you and figure out, you know, what they want to change or what the layout's going to be?
1: So even with our custom builds, what we do is we, we just first discuss what you're looking for, what your priorities are. Um, And then we kind of pick the closest standard van to that idea. And then we modify based off that. Um, Mm -hmm. We've just found that having some kind of base work, um, some kind of template to work off of, and then make all your changes off of that. It's been a lot easier than saying, let's start with a literal blank piece of paper and draw things out. Um, So we kind of work through what the priorities are. We've got, you know, there's the people that um, want to use a shorter van. There's people that want to keep mountain bikes on the inside. Um, And whatever that is, we'll kind of prioritize what those things are um, to make space for, you know, everything that's needed.
0: What have you done that's been really crazy? What have people asked you for that's been a bit off the wall in custom builds?
1: Um, I mean, we've got a van out there with, Uh, marble countertops, um, uh, crown molding, uh, two sconces, uh, (laughs) in the van. Uh, you know, there's a lot of strange builds out there. There really are.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I imagine that's very heavy to have a marble countertop in your van. It
1: is quite heavy. Um, but when you don't have too much else in there, it's, it's, it works
0: if people wanted to do a partial build out, I know for me, when I was first looking at vans and the cost of having a professional build, I thought, well, maybe I can just pay for someone to do the electrical, which is what I was um, most afraid of. Do you all still mm-hmm. do um, partial builds? What are some of the things that you'd recommend people have professional builders do um, versus try to DIY? Um,
1: We definitely do partial builds. We've always got at least one or two going on Um, the biggest thing that we get for partial builds is certainly electrical uh, and that is also the thing that i would say you need to have checked over the biggest thing to do if you're doing the electrical yourself that i would recommend is do your drawings do your drawings very detailed and have a professional review them if your drawings are correct you know, you, and you hook everything up as you're drawing, say, everything's going to be fine. But the concern comes when, you know, someone doesn't know where a fuse should be, doesn't know how thick the wire should be, then you start to really run your, you know, safety risks.
0: Yeah, that definitely, I think for me, the electrical, having the peace of mind um, that y'all built that and having, being able to call you and say like, I don't know what's, yes. what's going on with going it. On. and I can record what it looks like. And you're like, oh, you know, hit that button and that'll, your inverter just needs to be restarted. Um, And even if I could have figured out the drawing myself, having that sort of roadside assistance was something that I didn't realize I was getting with the van builder and has been completely worth the money. Absolutely. So um, the people of YouTube wanted to know if they were Thinking about um, getting a a custom-built van, possibly, or or build or buying out a van. Sorry, or buying a van that had already been built out. What would be the benefit to having a custom-built van versus um, someone else's used, already converted van? The
1: biggest thing that I would say is getting what you need. If you can find that van out there that really. satisfies what you need in terms of what i would say would be priority there would be storage um then it's i don't see any reason not to but uh you know when we do a custom build every inch is accounted for um you know the van is such a limited space that we've really got to account for every inch and you know in someone else's build you don't know you don't know what their priorities were when they were building the van you just know what it is at this point and that's what you have to go off of Um, you've got to make things fit you've got to um you know you got to make it work around your life versus you know the opposite uh building the van that works perfectly for your needs
0: you personally have done some camper van traveling. What's your what's your history there, and how did you get into van building? Why did you decide to start a van conversion company?
1: I, I traveled for a while. I traveled for work for, work for a number of years, um, and in my time off from work, I would travel in the van. Um, there came a point where I just decided I needed a change of work, and I don't I don't know. I just thought. Let me build another van um, and see what we can do with that. And it very quickly changed. Uh, I started in my parents' garage. Um, a few months later, we had a workshop. A few months later, we had a workshop that had four vans, uh, then a workshop that has 12 vans. Um, and now we're getting more space for a workshop, you know, another workshop to house vans in. Um, so it was a it was a quick process. But um, I don't know. There's no reason why I started doing this other than I just wanted something different to do.
0: Yeah, and now you're, you're hooked, I assume. You guys keep I, Yep, it.
1: pretty much, definitely.
0: We got a lot of questions from people about um, building vans for mobility issues, either um, people that have canes or a wheelchair, um, people that are plus size. Have you come across um, any sort of custom builds where you've made tweaks for the van to be more accessible?
1: Absolutely. Um, Nothing as significant maybe as some of the things you've said, but a lot of our customers need, you know, things to help them get in the van get out of the van. Um, A lot of actually the reason the Rambler, the Murphy bed has called kind of not fallen out of style, but become a little less popular is some people don't want to lift something that heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, so we've come up with other bed designs where you don't have to actually um, make that big lift of the bed
0: yeah I have people asking uh, me about that I also saw a photo a few months ago where um, in my van the fridges on the ground you have to bend down and I've seen now that you're also putting fridges up higher so people who um, don't necessarily have the ability to bend down into a squat to get into their fridge can access it at eye level. Yep.
1: Most of the changes of, I guess, accessibility or ease of use, I would say come from our customers. They come from past customers that tell us, hey, I've got an idea. Or it comes from new customers that as we go through the design, they say, can I make this change to make it a little easier for me? And we've kind of adopted a lot of those changes as standard Mm -hmm. over the last few years.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a strong benefit to using a builder is that you're not only getting the builder's knowledge, but you're getting all of the past customers' yeah. knowledge as, as they go on. Yeah. So when you're sitting down with new customers and you're working through their electrical needs, um, how do you size the for their electrical systems?
1: So there's kind of what I would say is three main things you're sizing. You're sizing your inverter. You're sizing your solar array. And, you're, um, and they're each gonna determine, they're gonna be determined by something differently. So, your inverter size, you need to determine by what is gonna be the highest load that you're gonna need to draw at one time. It's by far the easiest one to figure out. It's for most people gonna be a blender or an instant pot or an induction cooktop. Um, and knowing that you can power that, not too complicated. Um, Doing your solar array, I don't have a good answer for. Um, <laughs> I've never had a good answer for it because if you can fit it up there, I don't see a reason, you know, not to kind of max out your solar for everyone. Um, no one's got s- that much space on the roof that they're going to kind of overload their system. Um, you know, we're just working in limited spaces. Um so, you know, the only thing for solar is kind of max out. Um, the, the problem with solar, though, is rainy days. You know, rainy days, cloudy days, uh, snowy days, days where you're not going to get much energy, you've got to have a second source. You've got to have that alternator ability um, or shore power or something to plug in. Um, but as for sizing battery systems, the best thing to do is to look at what are your daily needs, add up the uh, the amount of amp hours each thing, or amps that each thing you're looking to use actually consumes, um, and how many days you want to be able to go for without getting uh, alternator charge or much solar or shore power. And you can pretty easily determine How many batteries you're going to need? You know, most people are working with 100 amp hour batteries. Uh, So, you know, for most people you're looking at, for our systems, three to six um, 100 amp hour batteries. Um, But you just got to look at how many days you want to be able to go without sun and uh, driving and how many amps your regular appliances use, your daily appliances.
0: Um, Are y'all now putting in ac units that are running entirely off of people's solar and battery systems or are those still shore power dependent
1: no we're pretty much exclusively putting in acs that run off battery power Um, one i guess misconception and it may just be the way people say it is there it's really rare there's only a few people out there that actually have ac systems air conditioner systems that run off solar everything you do for your energy system is about charging your batteries. Um, you know Your solar, in theory, it can go directly to power that AC, but you, know, you need 10 solar panels. You need a large number of solar panels, more than you can fit on a van to actually power that AC unit. So you're going to use your stored energy from driving combined with the solar coming in to power an AC unit. Absolutely. Do you know
0: how many solar panels you can fit on a ProMaster maximum?
1: So Both? that's going to be dependent on what your roof configuration is. Um, if you've got one fan, I'd say you can usually fit. Um, we use Zamp panels, you can fit about five Zamp panels uh, up there, uh, and then when you add in that second fan or that AC, you know, AC unit as well you're probably down to four. So you're looking at about 450 amp hours. Yes. Sorry, 450 watts.
0: Still a ton of solar power up there on those roofs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, thank you for chatting with me. Where can people find you and get in contact with OGA?
1: Yeah. So any questions about van builds or partial builds, lateral systems, uh, you can just contact us, our website, avans.com.
0: This episode is brought to you by the Tiny Home Tours newsletter. Would you enjoy a weekly newsletter that shares all things tiny? Every Friday, we share sneak peeks of full upcoming tour videos, blog posts, and new podcast episodes. Join with the link below or by visiting tinyhometours.com.